Hello, and welcome to Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. The title of today's post is The Unemployment Compensation System Lets Too Many Fall Through the Cracks, and some states are trying to whittle the numbers even more. The federal law establishing unemployment compensation was part of the 1935 bill signed by President Franklin D. Roosevelt, which created the Social Security system and was designed not to, not just to pull our economy out of the Great Depression, but to provide a safety net going forward for average working Americans, specifically when things got economically tough through no fault of their own. Unemployment compensation helps those of working age who are temporarily out of a job, and Social Security provides a cushion for those over 65 who are no longer employed. If you'd like an up-to-date primer on how unemployment compensation works, peruse this report created by the Congressional Research Service updated as of April 18, 2023. It notes, among other important statistics, that when the economy has fallen into a recession, Congress and the President have acted to expand and extend unemployment benefits, most recently during the COVID-19 pandemic and resulting economic downturn. Quote, Congress has acted nine times, 1958, 1961, 1971, 1974, 1982, 1991, 2002, 2008, and 2020 to create temporary additional unemployment benefits in response to recessions, most recently in response to the COVID-19 recession. This report also points out that unemployment compensation is a joint federal-state program, and although the federal government outlines general requirements for unemployment benefits, the specifics of the program are delegated to each state. Essentially, then, there are 53 different unemployment programs in the United States and territories, and the specifics include the calculations each state uses to, deter to determine both eligibility and the amount of benefits an approved applicant receives. This loose federal oversight results in shocking differences in actual number of recipients, the amount of benefits received, and how long benefits last among states. The following 2023 numbers are from AS News US and are the maximum benefits paid each week to unemployment compensation recipients. Additionally, while many states allow 26 weeks of unemployment benefits, Florida, for example, currently uh, has its number of benefit weeks to a paltry 12. And I've listed here, and this information is from, again, from AS News U.S., 
it lists the highest paying states and the lowest paying states. Um, the highest paying states are Massachusetts, Washington, Minnesota, New Jersey, and Hawaii with um, weekly unemployment benefits for each state. And the lowest paying states, which are Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, and Tennessee. Again, listing the weekly payment amounts in each state. Let me give you two examples here. Massachusetts, as the highest paying state for unemployment benefits, pays $1,051 plus $25 for each dependent each week to those who qualify for unemployment benefits. In Mississippi, by contrast, it pays $235 per person who qualifies for unemployment benefits. That's some difference. Interestingly, Massachusetts is the second wealthiest state in the nation determined by per capita GDP. New York is the wealthiest, and Mississippi is the poorest state in the country. Its poverty rate is 19.8%. I think that's almost 3%, uh, three times higher than the average of other states uh, for their poverty rates. Further comparisons between Massachusetts and Mississippi show that the only thing these states have in common is their, that their name starts with the letter M. Massachusetts ranks in the top five states in quality of life, most educated residents, and most residents with health insurance. Mississippi's rankings are just the opposite. And it also happens to be the state with the most obese residents and highest maternal and infant mortality rates. You might think I'm singling out Mississippi to, to disparage, particularly by comparing it with Massachusetts. But both exist at the same time and in the same country. They are fair game for comparison. These topics are ones I've written about or mentioned in previous posts and each directly related to poverty and poverty is a reflection of government policy choices, both at the federal and state level. Poverty doesn't exist in a vacuum. Even a cursory examination of the current unemployment compensation programs and its fallout to other areas affecting quality of life show a disparity among states so shocking it's, it's as if some states exist in an alternate universe. Another problem with the structure of the unemployment compensation system is the funding. Its revenue comes from taxes on employers. According to Robert Moffat, professor of economics at John Hopkins University, quote, states competing to be the most business-friendly with the lowest taxes will sort of naturally allow their unemployment systems to become underfunded, end quote. And what follows in these states? Shortened benefit times, reduced weekly payments, and or increased hurdles to qualify. A few unfortunate examples include Arizona, 
where nearly 70% of unemployment insurance applications are denied, Tennessee rejects nearly 6 in 10 applications, and in Florida, only 1 in 10 unemployed workers receive benefits. And I believe in Massachusetts, 52% of those who apply receive benefits. Is this why some states approve more applications than others, pay considerably more benefits than others? These states have lower unemployment taxes on businesses and thus less money to pay claims. I plan to write a follow-up post in a few days discussing specific administrative hurdles to receiving unemployment in Ohio and through personal experience with the unemployment application process in the Buckeye State. In the meantime, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the unemployment compensation laws and processes. Have you applied in your state, and what was the outcome? Was the process easy or littered with burdensome requirements? Let me know in the comment section below. All comments are welcome. And if you are not already a subscriber, why not take this opportunity to join our community with a free or paid subscription? A new paid subscription or an upgrade from free to paid subscription will allow me to expand this newsletter with additional primary source information like interviews and public information requests and expanded podcast offerings with real live guests. And although I won't be going on strike anytime soon, the current TV writer's strike demonstrates that writers deserve to be paid and paid well for their work, just like any other profession. Thank you in advance for your financial support of my writing. And remember, Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America is a reader-supported publication. To receive new posts and support my work, consider becoming a free or paid subscriber. As always, thank you so much for reading and listening. See you next time.